This is the Real Estate Power Play Podcast, getting you the information that you need to be a successful real estate investor. Hosted by Mark Monroe, Ronnie Walker, Gabe Rodarte, and me, Marty Grizzani. Combined, we've done thousands of real estate transactions. So get ready for real stories and true case studies on finding deals, growing portfolios, and making money. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, what's up? Good morning from the Real Estate Power Play uh, podcast, guys, where you come to you live with me, Gabe Rodarty, and the man, Mark Monroe. What's up, Mark? How you been? Gabe, welcome to the brand new new year. I love it. Yeah. How are you doing? How are your holidays? Uh, it's been good. It's been adventurous. It's been refreshing. And uh, my whole team and myself, we're all back in the saddle and just uh, making our calls, getting stuff done. Uh, it's definitely an adventure. So um, we're excited, man. We're excited about this this recording here that we want to just bring value. We were just talking about it offline. We're like, let's just do a recording and and go over stuff that's going to be really effective for people to know for this coming season. Um, we met through something similar, like what we're going to go over, which is basically how to seller finance deals. In a sense, you're creating notes for those who don't know how to create a note. We'll go over a little bit of that. Uh, different ways to structure it, how to talk to sellers. I mean, this is a, this is a, a full year on training. If you guys want to go deeper into it, uh, we do have other podcasts like that out there. Mark has been doing, um, gosh, man, you've been doing just the, the cool stuff that I, we were talking about the other day, uh, your history in doing mortgages and loans and stuff, man, you've been doing this for a while and then you just moved it over to the investor world. So it's kind of like this privilege of me interviewing you in a sense as one of my good friends going, okay, um, let's talk about that. So, so quick overview, you've been creating notes for how long? God, uh, started in the late nineties, believe it or not. Actually, you want to know my first note was 19 years old and I had no clue what I was doing. So if you want to go way back, uh, my first note, and then from there at 19, then I jumped to 25. So I'll tell you the story real quick on my first note. Um, I did that Carlton Sheets course, ordered it from the internet and for commercial. Got and uh, I went and put these signs up. Uh, um, I wrote on them, we buy houses. I put them up in the telephone poles. This is up in a small town in New England. Um, got in trouble because I didn't know I couldn't put signs up on uh, telephone poles. So the town <laughs> called and yelled at me, made me go take them down. But anyways, during that time period, this lady called, uh, this guy called me up. He goes, hey, I got this mobile home for sale. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, I don't want a mobile home. You know, he goes, it's worth uh, 21000 Give me 18000 for it. I'm like, ah, I don't want it. Um, then he calls me back a week later. He goes, give me $15,000. It's worth twenty one. I'm like, I'm really not interested. He calls me back another week later. He goes, give me 12000 And it's worth twenty one. i am like, well, do you own the land? He goes, no. I'm like, well, I'm not interested. Three weeks go by. Uh, you know, the first is coming around. He calls me up. He goes, Give me $6,000 for it. It's worth twenty one. Now I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm at 19. Wow. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, you know what? I'm not interested because I'm still doing that. I'm not interested. Um, I found out that um, he doesn't, it's in a mobile home park and he doesn't have the money to pay the lot rent. That's kind of what I found out. And I'm like, you know, wow. I'm not interested, but you know what? I'll give you 3000 for it. So he goes, no, no, give me four. I'm like, I'm not interested. He goes, okay, get me 3000 So I said, all right, <laughs> I'm going to send somebody out to inspect the property, hung up. You know, I had to go to like the Home Depot, not Home Depot, Office Depot, get a contract because the internet wasn't very popular. I don't right. know if it was around back then. I had to handwrite it. And then I went and called the, the newspaper up and I put a classified ad in a newspaper. 
mobile home for sale for 25,000, 25, seller financing, $3,000 down, seller will you know, owner will carry the note. Lady called me up. She it was her and her uh, daughter and her husband. They went out, looked at the property. They wanted it. They wrote me a, got me a cashier's check for $3,000. And I turned around and used the $3,000 to buy it. And then I ended up ca carrying a note, creating a note and carrying it for uh, at seven and a half percent over seven years. And I was getting about $270 a month. And that was my wow. car payment and insurance payment. I was 19 years old and I carried my wow. car payment through all through school. <laughs> that is so cool, man. And you know, what's interesting is that there's plenty of people that are in their early twenties trying to go, man, I'm not sure I know how to do it. And yet there's so much more information than paying for a Carlton sheets or anything like that. I mean, our podcast is basically free. Like most podcasts are free of content and stuff for you to get. So you can start now guys with the same information that guys like Mark and I had to pay for way back when, um, you know, we've started off and really, I started looking at real estate in 2008 in the beginning of the crash, but I didn't know how to acquire it. Right. And so, you know, I haven't really been around super, super long, but I've been around since uh, we started doing our stuff right around 2012, 13, but I've been flipping for about 15 years now, just in flipping properties in general. Um, but if I would have known anything about what I know now, it's get access to people like Mark or us and um, YouTube University, there's free content. So if Mark can do it way back when, I mean, I remember Kinko's and all that stuff that we'd have to go through. <laughs> so, so guys, let's jump into this. So Mark, okay. You've been doing this for a while. You used to run a mortgage company. You've created hundreds of, of those type of mortgage notes and refis and all the types of stuff from there. Um, you've done a tremendous amount of things in this industry. And now we're talking about the current moment. We are in January, 2023, and we are both seeing multiple categories or classes of investments from multifamily to invest to storage industry, um, industrial, sorry, um, mobile home parks for sure. I just got another call the day on a park in Louisiana. And then we have uh, plenty of single family and this whole gamut of properties and multiple people right now are saying, Hey, I could do a seller carry, or I could do a debt takeover or seller finance. And, and now you have to know more than just wholesaling and flipping, right? Because the market at this current moment in 2023, isn't saying that you're going to be able to flip and make the, the major amount of money that you did in the last two or three years. You'll still do well, by the way, if you buy low and sell high, that's pretty much how it goes but we have this cool category called seller financing, right? So let's go into that seller financing. Mark, what is it and how are you creating a note? So seller, to me, seller financing is, there's many different strategies within seller financing. You have the straight seller financing where there's no mortgage on the property and the seller becomes the bank. And that's how, um, during the last, you know, the boom that's been going on for the last 10 years, I've always been doing the seller financing work straight through while everybody else is doing wholesaling. I was been creating notes, creating positive cash flow coming in. And then, yeah, now and then I was doing more seller financing than I was doing wholesaling deals, um, during the past, you know, where everybody else was focusing on it. But I go into it showing the benefit of the seller, you being the bank, and they don't have to be distressed. You know, these sellers, when you do seller financing, you can give them premium 
value for the price. Like I'm willing to pay what the value is today, even though the market's going to pull back in the next 12 months to 24 months. I'm willing to give them today's price as long as they're willing to give me the term that I'm looking for, like 10 years. So the market can kind of go through that. What I look for is the cash flow. And then you create the note. And, and then as you know, and you've done a lot of this, Gabe, um, you know, selling your notes into the secondary market. And I'm going to ask you that question in a moment. But when I create a note is, um, you know, the beauty of seller financing when I'm selling it is I can get a premium for that property. If that property is worth today $250,000, I can sell it to my end buyer for a little bit more. And then I'm also making interest. So what I like to do is I like to buy seller financing and turn around and sell it seller financing create a premium in between and create an arbitrage and just st stay right in the middle. And I do that through straight seller financing, subject to, subject to is when you're, um, Gabe, why don't you explain what a subject to is? Can't hear you, you're on mute, Gabe. Yeah, subject to is subject to the existing loan. So for instance, I have a property that uh, the, the loan that's on it right now is a hundred and let's just say 130 grand. And we're going to do 130 grand is the note. And he had a good friend come in and say, Hey, I'll, I'll pay, you know, kind of threw our numbers off, but he's like, Hey, um, I'll pay you $10,000 and just take over the note. Well, this note that this kid has is right at 4.25. I'm going to do the math in my calculator while we're doing it. 4.25 and he owes 130. It's like 128. We'll say 130. All right. So he's paying $640 a month. All right. And just the principal and interest of this property. We're not talking about taxes and insurance, but that's how much he's had this note for. It's only been two years of servicing that he has it for. Um, this is his house. It needs a new um, AC. It needs a paint, flooring, carpet, stuff like that. I guess he bought it as one of those type of fixer up type homes, lived there. And now he's moving. He's got to go for a job change. Young kid. Right. And he's like, look, man, um, work a deal. How do you want to make this happen? And so, um, someone else already offered him some money for this property. And I was like, well, I could do one up, you know, I could pay you a little bit more. So I'm going to pay him probably close to $12,000 for this property, right? The property's worth probably 185, 190. And what's going to happen is I'm going to take over his existing note. Okay. Pay him cash to help him move on from the property. Now the property still needs rehab. It still needs work to be done. But instead of me doing the work, what I'm going to do is called a wrap. And then that wrap, we're going to go and find an end buyer who's looking for that type of property. All right. We'll go through an RMLO, right? Which is like basically a loan servicing company who's going to come in and they're going to vet the, the new buyer for me. So I don't have to go through all of that stuff. RMLO goes through, they vet that new buyer for me, and then we're able to sell that property. And instead of selling it at the market rate of 190 ARV, I might even be able to sell it for 200, pay a little bit more is what they're willing to do, an end buyer, because they need to get into a home and typically they don't have perfect credit or maybe they're self-employed, right? And then that is going to be at mainly a higher rate because our next on the line too. So you're not doing like a 4%, you're doing a higher rate of return. And then I make that arbitrage money. And so that's what we call a wrap note. So I am paying the original note of 650 a month, 640. And the wrap note, let's say they give me instead of 10% down or $10,000 down, they give me $20,000 down. 
So I take that 20,000. I, I end up paying him his money, just like Mark said, and when he was 19 years old, and then I get whatever's left over, right? I pocket that that's my commission and my team and everything else. And that keeps the machine going. And then there's a continual note, which is an arbitrage number. And let's say that's an extra $600, right? And so that you do that enough and you do that 10 times and that's $6,000 cash flow. And these awesome. notes are 30 year notes. So that's typically what I see, Mark. And um, what I see is definitely going to be needed. And correct me if I'm wrong. If we see higher notes, doesn't it make sense that there's going to be a lot more of these opportunities where we see, I don't know, 5.5%, 5% loans or even higher in some instances. And it'd be great just to go and say, you know what? I'll just take over your three, three and a half percent mortgage and pay you some money. Now, is that what you're talking about? What's going to happen in this next season and what we're both kind of seeing? 100%. I definitely see it. Now, did you explain about a subject two? Like, how does the transfer of the property work in a subject two? So the deed transfers, right? But the loan stays in the name, right? And we see this multiple times um, over and over, <laughs> over and over again. The How that basically works is that the existing loan on this guy is what we say 130 grand the loan just stays in place right and that's connected to the property all right so that's a deed of trust right but the actual name on the title gets transferred over to your name right and then if you create a nat uh, i mean a wrap you would get it transferred over to the end buyer's name and there's plenty of people and they do trust i know mark likes to do trust there's other there's this is the rudimentary very easy to understand way to put it, but there's a lot of other cool things that you could do once you get into the whole business. Now, with a subject too, there is risk involved in a subject too. And why don't you kind of explain that? And then once you're done, we're talking to subject two, then we're going to go into a couple other strategies. But what's the risk with a subject two game? Uh, the, the main risk of a sub two um, on the buyer side is that the buyer stops paying, right? Uh, if the buyer stops paying, then the loan goes back to, I mean, the property goes back to you. And that's the same thing with seller finance too, right? If you sell a property or if you're the bank and someone doesn't pay you, then it just is a, it's an easy foreclosure. And typically in most states, um, you got to go through that process. Obviously, you don't want to kick people out of their homes um, at any season. So you probably will try to work with them in whatever way. And um, if things don't work out after a couple months, go look, you know, it'd be better if we just moved on from this scenario. Uh, most people understand that. I mean, they know if they're behind on payments, right? They know if they're not making things work. So that's really the highest risk. And then the property comes back to you and you have to go and uh, do it all over again. Now, I'm going to throw in there from the real estate banking world, um, another risk factor in subject two. It's what's called the do on sales clause. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the due on sales clause is um, where back in the mid 80s, before you used to be able to assume mortgages a lot before the 1980s. So what they did is they put in every mortgage note that's been uh, sold today is um, if you transfer the property out of the seller's name into another party's name from what the original loan was originated in and they qualified on, the lender can do what's called a trigger 
the due on sales clause. It's not illegal. They can just trigger it. And the lenders do know that this is happening. They just want, you know, banks are in business to make money. They just want their payment. But what could happen is when you transfer, like if I'm taking my property and I'm transferring it to Gabe, my lender technically could call the loan due because I'm no longer the ownership Gabe is now is, even though I qualified for the loan in my name. So that's one of the, the risk factors. And then what you're mentioning there. Now, if on a, besides a subject too, if you get a seller is like, you know, there's no way I'm going to transfer my property out of my name and keep it a mortgage in my name. Then what do you do? Then, or, then what I do is I do what's called an agreement for deed or a contract for deed. So it's the difference is it's the same thing that Gabe was saying, you know, kind of wrapping and everything. You can do all that, but the title stays in the seller's name in the deed, everything, the state ownership, but it's all open in escrow and you have an agreement. And then when you're done with the agreement, then all the same terms take place and the transfers over into stuff that nature. So that's kind of one of the strategies I tend to do. It's the exact same thing. What Gabe was saying, you take the property, you lock it up with your seller and you turn around and sell it with the buyer and you create an arbitrage. So that's just another strategy. Um, and I've, have you done one of those? Have you kind of understand not too as well, Gabe. Correct? Right. But let's go into that because I think that when people hear contract for deed, they get lost in the terminology, right? And that's what I've noticed the most, like when in our DMs and stuff like that, like, hey, help me understand this or what, you know, how do I go about using this? Um, so let's go into a little detail on contract for deed. What do you see? Um, what's the best scenario? Let's, let's use some real numbers here. Use the same scenario that you're using. Okay. So let's say we have a $130,000 note that's there. Okay. And you're going to create a contract for deed. Correct. Okay. All right. And then what guide us through on what's next from there? What are you, what are you telling the seller? Cause they're like, I don't want this thing in my name. I'm not sure you're going to pay me, blah, blah, blah. So, well, the seller, you know, it stays in their name. Um, the difference is in agreement for deed, a contract for deed is the person that the buyer is responsible for all maintenance repairs or responsible for the property or responsible for taxes or responsible for insurance. The, the difference is the mortgage is staying in the seller's name and it can be done based if you contract, if there's escrows included within a mortgage, if not, then they could pay it separately. But either way, yeah. within the contract agreement, the buyer is responsible for all those fees, HOA, whatever it may be. It's the exact same thing as a note. The, the difference is you're really not creating a note in this case, but you're structuring it like a note, but it's within, it's a contract for deeds. So you have to meet the same terms as you're creating in a note, but it's going into the contract and the contract, you have to meet those terms to be able to get the property at the end. You know, if it's a five year, whatever, if you're doing so how balloon, much money gets year, paid to the seller in this type of thing, does the sellers like, Hey man, I need $10,000. Are you just going, okay, cool. I'll exact pay you same thing. Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing as if you're doing a seller financing deal or sub two, whatever you're giving them the, the $10,000, the exact same thing. It's coming down off that price. It's the exact same concept. The only difference is you're just using a different contract in the way it's structured when you're closing. And when you close, a lot of times you can actually, depending on the state and depending on your closing agent, you can actually have the seller sign all the closing documents, the warranty deed and everything it transfers but it doesn't get recorded until you meet the terms of the contract within a deed in say five years. So all that sits in escrow during that time period. Now there's ways of also doing it where they don't sign it and then they sign it in the end, but I'd like to have everything signed today. So I don't have right. to check. like, Hey, I don't know where the seller is going to be in five years. 
And so, guys, we're talking about this stuff because we think we're trying to hit this as hard as possible, get this information out to you because we think it's going to be really needed in this season um, just to be creative. I mean, this is just one example that we're talking about. And this is live now time. This deal came across our desk yesterday. Right. So this is really happening. So, Mark, what else? Why is this? Um, why do you think in the current climate that we're in and just market conditions, probably all of 2023, is this so valuable to add to somebody's arsenal of just tools? Um, why not just, wholesale? Are why not just go, you know what, I'm just going to sell it or let me just, why not just go that? I mean, if, if this thing's worth one, 180, right. Um, you got to think about, Okay, well, you picked it up for 130. He wants 10. So then now you're at 140. You're going to put about 20K of rehab into it, maybe 15, but 20K to get it rent ready. So now you're at what? Where are we at? 160, right? Then you have money and everything else. What's what does that even come out to be? Where you're at 80% or more than that? Yeah, most likely. Right. Yeah. So now you're at more than that. And so most people will look at this and go, I don't know how I'm going to make these numbers work. 100%. Yeah, you nailed it. And the market, like, especially if people just purchased their home, like if you like FHA or VA, if they purchased a home a year ago to two years ago, as you know, when you do FHA and VA loans, there's no equity in a property. So these sellers, you know, if they have to sell today, they have to come to the money, they have to come to the table with money. And a lot of times they don't have that money. So that's where these strategies come in. And there's one more strategy I want to just touch base on real quick. Um, besides the seller financing sub to the agreement for deed, is also where I learned my original strategy in the late 90s is lease op lease options or sandwich lease options. I'm actually just looked at my phone right now as we're talking. I actually have a loan closing tomorrow that I did a sandwich lease option two years ago. And I'll just run through those numbers real quick. So I, I went on a contract two and a half years ago. It was in Orlando with my seller. Um, I purchased these are exact numbers. So I, I purchased it from my seller for 170. Okay. Got it. And my agreement with them is so a lease sandwich lease option is it's a regular rental agreement that you do your typ typical way. Everybody's probably done a, a lease agreement or a rent agreement. But in there, it allows me to sublet it and it allows me to purchase it at a set price that I'm putting into the agreement for today. So I did this two and a half years ago, 170. My rent is um, the market rent in that area is fourteen hundred dollars. But I got the seller down to twelve hundred because I tell the seller I'm going to take care of the maintenance repairs up to like thirty five hundred. Anything more than that, the homeowner's insurance would kick in. Be I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, the homeowner's insurance made something to that nature. All right, and then I only put um, first month and last month down, so I put twenty four hundred dollars down. Okay, and I and I put that what's called an option fee, so it locks it up. So when I purchase it, it comes out that price. Plus, I got a hundred and fifty dollar monthly rent credit, and that was over thirty months. So nice. now that we're doing it, 150 times 30, that's another $4,500 that I'm getting in credit. Plus the $2,400 I put down. That's and why do people want to put credits on there? Why is the credit side important? Um, I credit. just like it. Um, you're getting more. You're, it's coming off the sales price. I always say, hey, it's incentive to do to pay it on time. You know, that's how a lot right. of they, that's how they used to be structured years ago. Right. They're really not structured that that much anymore. Today's factor. But you still I like doing it. So I'm getting seven thousand dollars off that purchase price of the one seventy. OK, so, you know, and that's and these are real numbers I'm closing on right now. Um, and I'm going to. So then my real purchase price on that is going to be 163. Okay. 
Got it. Now I sold it to my end buyer for two oh nine. Got it. Okay. And he was paying me fifteen fifty a month. Nice. So I was making three hundred dollars a month cash flow on nice. that deal at thirty months. So that was nine thousand dollars. So I made that. Okay. So you take those numbers, right? And, and let me go through this scenario real quick. I sold it to my end buyer. And this is how you can do this with no money down. This is how you can do this, these type of transactions with no money to very little money. I locked it up for like a hundred bucks down, went out, found my buyer, used my, and I told my buyer, my end buyer, sold it for uh, 209. Um, and by the way, this property today is worth um, 265,000. Dang, nice. And even though my buyer is buying it for 209, so my buyer's making out because, you know, last several years, the market's gone crazy. So um, technically, he didn't exercise his option. He was supposed to notify me within 60 days by the end of the contract that he's going to exercise his option. Technically, I could have said, hey, you voided your contract. Sorry, I'm not selling it to you. And, and I could have turned on sold it for 269, but I'm not going to do that. These guys are great people, good tenants, no issues. So I'm selling it and I'm honoring the 209. But anyways, I sold it for 209. They put first month, last month in security down and 5% of the 209. So I got close to $12,000 down and out of that i had to give my buyer twenty four hundred dollars i kept the rest of that cash and then i also made an extra uh hundred you know i made an extra uh three hundred dollars a month so if you just do the numbers you know 170 into 209 right that's thirty nine thousand plus seven thousand credit right and plus another what was it 40 uh what is it 150 times 30 that was another forty five hundred dollars so 4,500 plus 7,000 plus, um, what's the difference? Uh, 109, I'm sorry, 170 into 209. So it's 30, uh, 39,000 there plus 4,500 credit and $7,000. So on that total deal, I'm going to um, make about $50,500 and not even owning this property. I controlled it through contracts because wow. the lease was in the seller's name. So the only downside on that is I didn't get the depreciation, but anyways, that's, that's what you call a sandwich lease option. There you go, guys. And so this is a cool thing for you to learn in this next season. If you're getting involved or you want to connect with more people as far as like your sellers and you don't have other options and you're knowing that wholesaling the deal probably isn't going to work, or maybe, you know, it's kind of a shallow deal or you don't have the cash to take it down. You don't want to flip it and you're like I, I know there's money in this i don't know how to do it this is one of the coolest ways to do it so guys uh thank you so much for for just listening to us today we're just want to help you out this is going to go out um hopefully pretty quick so that way we can get this into your hands and you can start using some of these tools and find out more information look at us look us up on uh, the real estate power play podcast on youtube you can connect with mark or gabe we happy to help you out thanks guys and we'll see you later peace Take care. This has been another episode of Real Estate Power Play, guiding real estate entrepreneurs to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast or follow us on YouTube at Real Estate Power Play.